I was of the uh, generation <clears throat> uh, who identified being gay with having gay sex. And my generation, which began to publish gay fiction in the 1970s, was primarily addressing gay readers. So we felt no reluctance about being explicit sexually in our writing. Of course, what we were doing was not the same thing as pornography, which was an ancient and uh, very well explored genre, because pornography is one-handed reading and is, is meant to <laughs> excite the reader. And Susan Sontag pointed out in an essay about pornography is that it must follow certain conventions. It mustn't be too inventive in its language. It must obey the rhythm of the act itself. And it, it's not literature in any ordinary sense. But for me, sex uh, was always an interesting and unexplored subject. Pornography, of course, that existed, but sexual realism was new, fresh material. In my first novel, Forgetting Elena, which I published in 1973, it's written from the point of view of a man who has sex with a woman. He's an amnesiac and has forgotten what sex is. He wonders exactly what they are doing. And uh, he, he keeps wondering if this is a thing that everybody does and do they get in rooms and look at each other very intensely and make these sounds and these motions? Does it have some ritualistic significance, religious meaning? He doesn't know what it is. And that was fun for me because one of the basic ideas of uh, Russian formalism in the 1920s was to uh, defamiliarize, that is to take something that everybody knows and to present it as though uh, you're from Mars and, and it's never been done before. So I tried to do that with, with heterosexuality in, in that first novel of mine. Uh, in 1985, I wrote another novel, Caracol, which has many heterosexual sex scenes and no gay sex scenes. And my biggest triumph came when an English friend of mine, a heterosexual man, said he'd gotten an erection on the subway while reading one of my straight sex scenes. Once AIDS came along in 1981, gay writers were encouraged to back off from writing sex scenes. We weren't supposed to uh, uh, awaken any sense of backlash against gays who were being blamed for the whole epidemic. And gay pundits would criticize gay writers for encouraging the young to have sex, as though a young person needed a $26 hardcover, 400-page, <laughs> difficult literary novel to get the idea that he should have sex. <laughs> I've always gotten into lots of trouble in my books because of my sex scenes. At one time, Harper Queen's magazine in England said I was the most maligned man in America, and I've always uh, enjoyed that epithet. I had, just to give you a typical example, I was at the University of Texas around 1991, and I met with their grad students in creative writing, who were not only themselves studying creative writing, but were teaching undergrads. And they said, well, we tried to teach your, your book, A Boy's Own Story, but we just couldn't get past the pedophilia. And I said, what pedophilia? And they said, in the first chapter. And I said, well, in the first chapter, there's a 16-year-old who has sex with a 14-year-old. And is the 16-year-old supposed to be the pedophile in this case? Oh, yes, they told me. 
And I said, well, that is totally insane. I mean, the 16-year-old is act actually gay, and he's sort of used and violated by the 14-year-old who just wants to get his rocks off and who is heterosexual. And it seems to me if there's any exploitation, it's the younger one exploiting the older one. But anyway, there's only a two-year age difference. But this was considered pedophilia. And I, I, I can tell you, all my life I've run into this kind of nonsense. Uh, <laughs> and I think that there are special problems in in gay male novels, which is that uh, I think that it, it, it's usually women readers who object to what, uh, it's what I call the cock and ball problem. That is, if, if the sexual descriptions are too explicit, it has a way of turning off most women, not all, I hasten to add. I mean, there, there are even women who like to buy gay male porno uh, films and books. But, uh, and of course, some of the greatest gay novels and the sexiest ones, in fact, almost all the sexiest ones have been written by women, uh, starting with Brokeback Mountain and going right on through uh, The Front Runner by Patricia Nell Warren and, and uh, the <coughs> all those Greek romances by Mary Renault. But, it, 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 but still, I think the, the, the ordinary literate, literary female reader seems to have a real problem with gay male sex scenes. Well, anyway, that's enough just for the moment, I think. <laughs> okay, now we have time for a chit-chat amongst ourselves, as well as time for questions from the audience. Yes, let's hear. was, but they shouldn't have a problem because if they like men, they have twice as many. Yes, sir. I think the problem with gay male sex scenes is that no one has any responsibilities toward anyone else. And this may be also the problem of a lot of uh, of a lot of uh, free love scenes in general. I mean, I think that gay male sex oftentimes seems so unencumbered by any sense of responsibility, obligation. Uh, of course, all this is changing now. I mean, in the last, in the last 15 years, uh, or, or, well, since 1981, at the beginning of the, of the AIDS epidemic, uh, I think gay men have tried to assimilate more than ever before into the ordinary rules of the game so that they can get married, so that they can adopt children, so that they can be faithful to one another, if for no other reason, for health reasons. But before that, I mean, the 1970s was the golden age of promiscuity, and that was uh, a period that for had a great impact on me. Right. You were not only, Ed, you were not only its chronicle, chronicler, I think you were its proselytizer, in some sense, or codifier. 